0: Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Watching the Boxes, uh, brought to you by Hashtag Basketball. Um, As you can tell, I am not your usual host, Mike Katrin, but I am Tyler Watts. I am filling in for Mike today, who is on vacation, and I am joined by the great fantasy basketball guru, Mark Roberts. How's it going today, Mark?
1: Hey Tyler, what's up?
0: Uh, Not much, man. Just living the dream. What are you up to?
1: I, you know, I spent most of my day uh, on Twitter trying to see what was going to happen with the trade deadline, which uh, I I can't complain too much, but it wasn't, I don't think it was quite as exciting as as anybody uh, was hoping for, but, uh, you know, some good things happened. Probably a lot of it happened before today, which was was a mixed bag because it was exciting to see the things happen prior to today, but made today a little less, less exciting.
0: Well, doesn't this happen every year? Every year we hear about, ooh, the big trade's going to go down right before the deadline. And then, like, the deadline itself is always a little bit disappointing, right?
1: There's definitely been, some, and maybe they just stand out in my mind. There's definitely been a couple of years that have been um, exciting. Like the year that, uh, I don't think this happened right at the deadline, but like the year Isaiah, the Phoenix traded Isaiah Thomas Androjic and like Michael Carter Williams went to the, Went to the Bucks, and I, I don't remember all the other deals, but there was a <laughs> there was a big like flurry of deals right at like the the very last end part of the trade deadline.
0: You got excited about a Michael Carter Williams deal. He was the,
1: they got the uh, Lakers pick out of that.
0: No, they have actually made a lot of really good moves, but like looking back on some of the moves, like the, the fact that they got anything from Michael Carter Williams is just amazing.
1: Yeah, Hinky was a good GM, as it turns out. Um, and then this one's really old, but I remember like feeling disappointed on the deadline bill And you always you always keep holding out hope past the deadline, like the deadlines at whatever time. One o'clock and then or I guess three o'clock Eastern time and then you're, you know, three fifteen, three twenty. I remember one time like refreshing this was back before Twitter existed, refreshing the home page of ESPN one last time before calling it quits. And then I saw that Ray Allen and Gary Payton got traded for each other.
0: Wow. What year would you guess that was? I was, uh, I think that was
1: year 2000.
0: Wow. I can't, I can't say I was refreshing ESPN in 2000, but um that does sound like a good one. We, we did not get anything that good, but we did get one good one um, over the weekend uh, that, or actually I should say over the All-Star break that we will dive into first so you ready to get into these trades mark
1: sure i would actually argue if you're taking the whole week there's been very rarely been a player as good as boogie i mean not to spoil who we're getting into but as good as boogie cousins get traded
0: and i mean i think that that, that was basically uh, just a crazy trade that that never should have happened um the pelicans traded for demarcus cousins and omri Caspi. Who I think is going to be a rotation player for the Pelicans, um, but the Kings he yet broke could not his thumb
1: on on uh, Thursday night, he's out six weeks.
0: He broke his thumb tonight. Oh, that was just tonight. All right, so that just yeah. that just that ruined my Thunder. Um, all right, so the Kings got in the trade. They got Buddy Healed. They got Tyreek Evans, and they got Langston Galloway, and then they got some picks, which could be useful later, but not useful in fantasy basketball. So. My first question for you, Mark, is what effect is this trade going to have on DeMarcus Cousins?
1: My, so I've, uh, over the course of my brief fantasy career, I've, I've done projections a number of years, and my basic, my basic belief is um, player stats, if you take away their playing time and you take away or equalize their playing time, equalize their, the pace that their teams play at, generally perform about the same no matter who they play with or where they play um i think this is one of those situations that that it'll be interesting to see if that actually holds up because he's going from a situation where um there weren't any other really talented players on his team and there weren't any other talented players that played the same position as he did um but My basic belief is still that as long as Cousins plays about the same number of possessions, he'll probably produce about the same um, statistically. And I I would expect that he would play the same amount. So I actually don't think um, it will affect his fantasy production at all. I think he's good enough that um, he'll continue to just kind of continue to do boogie things and people will fit in around him. Um, But it'll be interesting to see if that's true or not with Davis there as well.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I think that it's kind of an experiment in energy, so to speak, in this current NBA with, you know, the two big men. Um, I'll ask you a question that's not, that I was not going to ask, but um, this is a real basketball question. Are the Pelicans going to be the eighth seed in the Western Conference because of this trade?
1: Uh, I mean, I think they increased their their probability of, of getting that seed. I don't know if I would bet on that. I mean, Denver has played really well. I think they've been the best or the second best offense in the league the last six weeks um, with, you know, with Jokic leading the, leading the way. Um, and then there's a number of other teams vying for uh, the eight seed. You know, if you look at Minnesota's point differential, they've been just as good as any team outside of the eight seed. Um, Portland added Nurkic and could always just get hot with those two guards, so I don't think it's a sure thing like we kind of hear talking about that i wouldn't be surprised you know i think probably their probability of making it doubled um I, I think they have a lot better chance now and i think the fact that they play the nuggets three times in the final 10 games gives them kind of puts the uh destiny in their hands a little bit
0: yeah and i think you just gotta like the trade um from a real basketball perspective in the sense that I'm not really sure that they gave up anything to get Cousins other than this year's first round pick, which if they make the playoffs is not even really going to be that high of a pick. Um, I, I was not impressed with the return they got for DeMarcus Cousins for sure.
1: Yeah, I think it kind uh, of shocked everybody. And if, if you want to point to a reason why maybe more deals didn't get done on Thursday's trade deadline is, um, is because of that deal perhaps because if Boogie Cousin only nets, you know, basically two lottery or almost lottery picks, whatever this year's pick ends up being. Buddy Hill is basically a lottery pick at this point um, or something close to that. So they basically got two lottery picks for Buddy, for DeMarcus Cousins. So if that's all DeMarcus Cousins gets you, um, then, like, you can't really expect a, a lottery pick for jewel Okafor or a, you know, a... <laughs> a top pick for Wilson Chandler. Like, I think that's part of the reason a lot of those guild deals didn't get done. It's kind of interesting, um, as you hear the breakdown of that trade, that was essentially the same offer that they were offering to Philly, or at least the discussion with Philly was around uh, making a trade for Okafor was healed in a, in a first round pick. So obviously, so, they, yeah, if that was their alternative, they, they came out really well in this trade.
0: So, what you're saying is they hit a home run.
1: Um, It certainly presents a lot of real life challenges. Not too many fantasy holders. In fact, on Thursday night in his first game with uh, New Orleans, he almost put up a five by five. Um, He had 27 points, 14 rebounds, five assists, five stills, and four blocks, uh, which is really, really impressive. But, you know, I think there is some risk in trading for cousins. And I think the fact that his agents were all um, evidently, reportedly calling teams and telling them not to trade for him, probably uh, depressed the trade market a little bit for him.
0: Oh, come on, you're not just gonna blame it on the uh, Kings being an inept franchise?
1: Well, looked like he had a, had a hard week this week. I don't wanna pile on.
0: <laughs>
1: not uh, if you're trading a guy who like, has a terrible reputation and then his agents, his representation is—it's calling the the teams that are interested in saying, "Don't trade for our guy." That would be a that would be a tough position to be in as a general manager, I think.
0: Well, they don't—he didn't want to get traded, right? Because he, he could get the two hundred million from the Kings, and I, I actually think he liked playing for the Kings. I don't know that you know the Kings were ever going to be a a great team with the Marcus Cousins on them, but I mean, two hundred million is a lot of cash.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think Vladi is a good general manager. Like, uh, if I was running a team, I don't think he would be near the top of my list. But you do feel for the guy. He's dealing with a, a guy like Cousins who has, you know, is it's sort of a mixed bag. There are good and bad there. But I don't think it's all good, and, and especially his representation that seemed to be creating problems for him. And then he's dealing on the other side with um, uh, Vivek, who um, evidently is – they were worried about flip-flopping on whether he would allow them to trade cousins or not. So it just seems like a very uh, difficult position for any general manager to function in.
0: I'm with you there. All right. So speaking of those Kings, is there any new King that interests you um, in a standard fantasy league?
1: I mean, I, you know, Tyreek Kevin's at times has been a very valuable fantasy player. I don't have a good sense of what his playing time will look like. And in fact, I I originally thought maybe he would get bought out after that deal because I didn't think Sacramento would want him to suit up. Um, But evidently, they're keeping him for now. Uh, So I think really any of those guys, we've seen Galloway be fantasy relevant. We've seen Tyreek Evans be more than fantasy relevant. In fact, he's a very good fantasy player. And I think uh, with the faith that the Sacramento Kings have buddy hill i think if he got enough playing time um he would be somebody that would be at least worth taking a flyer on so i, I think you just kind of have to watch the minutes there and see who gets the playing time uh, they have a ton of shooting guards at this point um and i just don't have a good sense one way or another how the playing time is going to be distributed i'm looking at we're only partial Part of the way through the second quarter of that game, at the time of this recording, looks like Hild is uh, well. Aside from Kufus is has the most minutes played of anybody on the team. Which I don't know if that's well. No, I, I guess uh, Ty Lawson has a few more minutes too. But um Tyree Kevin's played, Ben Mclemore's played, Collison's played. Aaron Follow hasn't played. I don't. You know, Garrett Temple hasn't gotten the game yet. I don't know what's going to happen.
0: Well, Aaron follows out with an injury tonight. Um, oh, so so he's going to come back and then make the, the headache even worse. Um,
1: they've got like seven shooting guards, and I don't know that they're differentiable. Like, I don't think it's obvious or clear. I think anybody who can tell you that they know who's going to start there is guessing.
0: Um, and from following the Kings relatively closely this season, I can tell you that Coach Yeager is not a fan of playing a set rotation in the sense that, one game Ben McLemore will play 30 minutes and then he'll play 10 and then he'll be up to 25 and then he'll be back to 15 and then up to 30 again. And so I think this situation is going to be a headache. And just when it looks like, Ooh, someone is going to get the big minutes. I, he could easily just pull the rug out from under you. Um, if I'm taking a shot on any of them, I think it's buddy Heeled just from everything they've been saying. I think this team has no reason to try to win any games. Um, I think they're going to basically try to tank. I think they're going to be f- willing to play their young players and let them make mistakes, try to get better, and just kind of tank the rest of the season away. Um, they don't really need to tank
1: that hard, though. They just need to, like, because they have to flip with uh, Philly anyway if, uh, if, they go, if they're too bad. So they can't even, like, they're, they're just going to be an irrelevant franchise for a while.
0: Well, their pick has to fall in the top 10, right, or they don't get to keep it?
1: Right. So they only have to take to the point where they're there there in the top 10. But once they're in the top 10, they have no incentive to be any worse than, you know, like Philadelphia, because if they were worse than Philadelphia, then Philadelphia will get their pick.
0: So basically what you're saying is they're going to be picking at the back of the top 10 pretty much regardless of what happens.
1: Yeah, that's kind of best case scenario for them.
0: Okay, so with that said, do you think there's any king that's worth owning in a standard fantasy league at this point? If you said, if I said you have to pick up a king today and own him for the rest of the season, is there any name you're really super interested in going after?
1: Uh, super interested, probably not. Um, actually, just based on past performance, the only guy who's ever done it before there. Um, and I, before I get to that. I can't believe they're not starting Willie Cauley-Stein like that. doesn't make any sense to me. Um,
0: they hate Willie Cauley-Stein, just, just so you know. They're, they're, they're not a fan.
1: Um, I think Tyree Evans, right? He's done it before. If they're going to give him the ball and let him do some things there, he could be a, a pretty solid fantasy player. So I would probably take a flyer on Tyree Kevins.
0: Uh, I'm with you there. Obviously, Collison is, is going to be worth it. I mean, as, as long as he's with the team, he's, he's going to be the starting point guard, right?
1: I, you're the Kings expert, man. You tell me. I, I, uh, I don't have any trust in them doing anything uh, um, in particular.
0: They started Ty Lawson tonight, but, I mean, Ty Lawson just hasn't looked great. Um, so the fact I, that
1: they cut Matt Barnes makes no sense to me
0: now that was salary, that whatever. was crazy Matt yeah. Barnes like what what was the purpose of that other than like Matt Barnes really isn't anything but a power forward anymore like yeah you got 50 shooting guards but you couldn't use Matt Barnes as a stretch for now he did kind of overlap with Anthony Tolliver in the sense that they both kind of were playing a similar role and position and they were eating into each other's minutes but I don't get why you just pay him his contract and just tell him to leave yeah, Me neither. All right, so let's let's get out of the ugly king situation and, and talk about the next trade. Um, Lou Williams went to the Rockets. Um, what are you thinking is going to happen to sweet Lou's value on Houston?
1: So again, if we go with the premise that um, his production per possession is going to stay the same, uh, and just focus on his minutes, I would actually expect his playing time to go down. Um, I think he'll continue to be. He's one of those guys that is, is really productive in the amount of time that he plays, but I can't imagine he's going to get the same playing time that he's been getting in Los Angeles. Um, I believe uh, excuse me, their coach said uh, that, that Eric Gordon is going to continue to be the sixth man and that Lou Williams will be the seventh man. And so I just don't see how he continues to get the same playing time. So far this season, he's been getting 24 minutes a game. Um, I would be surprised if he gets that many minutes. So I think his value will take a hit.
0: So, is he still worth owning in a standard ten or twelve team league?
1: Um. So, so far this season, let me see what's, he, what's how what's his break?
0: Um, he's been for the Lakers. Uh, he's been really good.
1: So he's been like the 50th best player so far this season. I I think he'll still be a top 100 player, but closer to 150.
0: And I'm with you there. I just, I don't see any way he can get the minutes. Um, I mean, he, he can basically only play a guard position. Um, you got James Harden there eating up a lot of guard minutes. You got Patrick Beverly, who's going to play some decent minutes. You got Eric Gordon, who's going to play some decent minutes. And so, you know, if you look at James Harden is going to keep his, his height uh, like 36, 35, 34 minutes. Um, and then you got the other three kind of split in the pie of the guard minutes that's left. Um, I, I just don't really see any way that he, he can keep playing the 24 minutes. Um, so I think his value goes down, uh, like you're saying, marginally. Um, so with it's him off –
1: Because the- you don't want to drop – I mean, you're not going to drop him. You can't pick anything up. Of value, he's just not as valuable as he was yesterday.
0: Yeah, which is always what you don't want to see uh, for your fantasy roster, of course. So, is there any Laker you're interested in now that Sweet Lou is gone and someone else may get some excess minutes here?
1: I mean, I think all the young guys um, continue to will will get more minutes, more playing time, and potentially more shots. You know, Lou Williams did have a really. I think his usage rate this year was 31. Which is, which is pretty high. Um, I haven't seen anything out of Ingram that makes me think that he's going to be able to produce enough even in big minutes to uh, be to really help him, but I think somebody like Angel Russell, um, and again, he's probably not on your waiver wire, but he probably does almost the opposite. He probably goes from a guy who is ranked about 100th in fantasy leagues to closer to 50. Uh, I think he gets a few more assists, a few more points, Uh, with his extra i expect his playing time he's been about 26 minutes per game i wouldn't be surprised if he gets closer to 30. um so i think he's probably the the biggest winner of the deal but i don't know that there's anything you can uh any action you can take
0: i'm with you there um i've I've been kind of trumpeting that he's gonna get more minutes and and play better um in this post all-star break period for a few weeks now um What's going to be really interesting to watch is if anyone ever gets more than like 30 minutes on this team. Um, other than Brandon Ingram, Luke Walton has been really reticent to give anyone more than like between 28 and 30 minutes, unless it's like a special situation where it's like an overtime game or something like that. And so it's really going to be interesting to see if with Lou Williams gone, if, if he pushes Russell or Clarkson into that kind of over 30 minute range, because he really just hasn't been interested in doing it yet. So
1: Magic may give him a, little nudge in that direction i, I wouldn't be surprised
0: oh I, I gotta get your thoughts on this because i actually thought that was a good move in in making magic johnson the gm and getting rid of F cup check and and bus so i'll let you uh wax lyrical on that for a second
1: I, I mean magic johnson's been successful at everything he's ever done um so that's a good sign i think getting bus out is probably a good sign getting genie in there um is good Being a general manager seems like a really hard job and it would see like I'm curious to see if magic Is really going to put in the time and effort to do that. I think the fact that Like I would have felt like it was a better move if they would have hired an experienced general manager rather than an agent To uh, help him out like if they would have hired Sam Hickey that seems like a a a move um, with a first-time general manager working along with magic maybe it's i'm a little b- more hesitant to see it, you know to say that that's a really great move but you know who am i to say that magic johnson's not going to succeed
0: i'm with you there i just i i don't think you can do much worse than the other two had been doing recently so um
1: yeah.
0: so there there's that going for magic um so let's talk about the the good trades of today um, probably the best trade. Uh, the Mavericks traded for Nerlens Noel. Um, they they sent to the Sixers Andrew Bogat, Justin Anderson, and a uh, top 18 protected first round pick. Um, I guess the first question I want to ask is, what are your thoughts on Nerlens Noel's value in Dallas? Um, he should be getting a lot more minutes than he did in Philly.
1: Yeah, it's kind of crazy, huh? Because um, you know, usually when a player goes from a bad team which really is still a bad team to a to – a, Dallas is almost a good team. Like, they, they also – another team that could make a run for that eighth seed still. They're not totally out of it. Uh, players get less playing time, but, yeah, I expect him – he's playing like 20 minutes now. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets 28 minutes and pushes 30 minutes per game. Uh, the only thing you have to remember with the L.I., well, I mean, if he's available, you've got to pick him up. Um, he might be available because of his injury injury so far this season, but you have to remember with Noel, his best two categories are steals and blocks, and it's hard sometimes we get so used to looking at points and rebounds and assists and you think, hey, this is a center he's got to have my, it's got to be my best, his best categories have got to be points and rebounds, that's not it with Noel, he's, he's going to be an elite shot blocker and steals guy, and uh, whatever else you get from the other categories are just going to be added value on top of that, but I would expect him, you know, I think something like eleven points, seven or eight rebounds, and close to a still and a half and a block and a half per game. Uh, I think are in play, and uh, that's obviously something somebody who added a lot of value to almost any any team in any league.
0: Uh, and Mike and I talk about this a lot um, when when I join. Is those you know, like it's it's hard to conceptualize the value in your head that. Oh, this guy scores 20 points, and this guy gets one steal. And, like, it's hard to conceptualize that that's not maybe not exactly similar, but relatively similar value. So getting a steal and a half and a block and a half a game is huge value for a player. And so, I mean, I, I really think Noel is going to have a big upshot here um, in Dallas. And I'm, I'm interested to see how he looks on this Dallas team um, which could be undergoing some other changes as well. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see. I, I, I think he's definitely worth a pickup. And, you know, I'm, I'm definitely pouncing on him if he's on any waiver wire. Um, any new. I, did, I didn't
1: find him in any of my leagues. He was old everywhere.
0: And, I mean, I think some people were kind of stashing him in, in hopes that he got traded. Um, yeah. And then they got their wish. Um any new 76er that you're interested in, uh Andrew Bogut's probably gonna get bought out, I would think.
1: Yeah, I think he's probably my guess is he's headed back to the Warriors.
0: Oh, that's interesting now, isn't it?
1: I don't know why who why he would go anywhere else. (laughs) Maybe maybe he's upset with them, I don't know. But you know, I would think that's the team he's used to. He fits in. They can just add him back. So
0: Yeah, no, and, and I mean that's a good move for him and and they're probably going to win a championship. So, uh, any interest in Justin Anderson?
1: Uh, I think he's a watch and see guy. Uh, I don't. I don't. He's never done enough to make you think you need to run out and pick him up. And we don't know exactly what the rotation looks like. But I think watch the first game, and if uh, or if you have a spot on your roster, I think it's worth checking it out just to see what happens. But um, my guess, I guess, is it's more likely than not that you, if you pick him up speculatively, you will drop him within. So,
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I've done it in the past uh, Thought he was maybe going to do something And he never really does But you, you mentioned it earlier That uh, the Sixers Made Michael Carter-Williams A pretty darn good fantasy player at one point So anything can happen, right? Yep um, So, effects on other Mavericks um, Any other Maverick You see taking a big leap in value Here um, in kind of this Post-All-Star break period
1: no, I mean I think, uh, well, Farrell like, I think there's a chance that, that Darren Williams gets bought out, and then uh, Yogi will be a, a starting point guard, which uh, you know I think we've already seen the beginnings of that. I think on Philly's side, actually, Dario Saric, who's been a predominantly, I, I think he's available on a lot of waiver wires. Um, I think he's probably a must add in the trade after the trade deadline. They got rid of Ursa, and they got rid of Noel. We don't know exactly when Embiid's coming back, so there should be plenty of minutes for him. And uh, if he gets 30-plus minutes, he can put up a nice stat line. Um, he's not going to shoot a high percentage uh, with, his field goal, with his field goal rate, but other than that, he's got pretty uh, good across-the-board production.
0: Um, and as a regular Sixers watcher, if you're a fan of just turning on the game and, and watching your, your fantasy players play, uh, Dario Sarge has a really just fun game to watch. He can he can make some passes that you don't really see coming. Um, he, he can shoot a little bit and he, he's just a fun guy to watch. So if Dario Sarge is out there, I'm definitely picking him up. Um, like you said, there's just not really much impediment on his playing time. Um, as far as Yogi Ferrell goes, Mike and I debated a while back if Yogi Farrell was a not a good real basketball player and just kind of fell. Uh, backwards into a lot of minutes and, and was playing really well. And so it'll be interesting to see um, now if he's really afforded a, a big role over a long period of time, if he kind of gets exposed as not as good as he had been there in that. Well, little. I think special.
1: that's what Dallas is trying to figure out, honestly, is probably why they're thinking of moving on from Williams, see what they have so that they can know what to do next season. Um, but with that said, from a fantasy perspective, I mean, we've seen will barton be fantasy relevant for several several years uh and i'm not sure he's a great <laughs> real life NBA player so um anyway I, I think i think Farrell, if he happens to have gotten dropped back on your waiver wire or something you got to go pick him up
0: yeah i mean any any starting
1: start or starting point guards you have to own
0: uh, any starting point guard is worth picking up i mean just like you mentioned um it will be interesting though to watch him just to see what Yogi Farrell is, I will caution, just like I did last time, that he could not get minutes on the Brooklyn Nets at the beginning of the season. That's yeah, all I'm it gonna would say.
1: Be, if he's good, it'll be, uh, you got to feel for the Nets. I'm missing out on that one. All
0: right. Now, on to the last trade. Okay. The Chicago Bulls got rid of Doug McDermott and Taz Gibson. They sent them to the Oklahoma City Thunder for Anthony Morrow, Joffrey Laverne, and Cameron Payne um either the new thunder are you interested in picking them up in a standard fantasy league
1: uh yeah i don't think so um although gibson if he gets enough playing time has been fantasy relevant in the past because of his ability to, to rebound and block shots and uh, his high you know field goal, field goal rate if if that's what you're into can score a little bit too but primarily it's those blocks that are attractive um I don't know. How do you think the minutes shake out between, between those two?
0: Well, well Cantor is coming back now, right? Which he was not supposed to come back for a while, but now he's supposedly going to play on Friday. Um, so I think if he got dropped in your league, he he's probably worth picking up is he's a guy who can score and rebound a lot in a relatively short amount of time. Um, I kind of think they might do an old school – I shouldn't say old school because it's not that old school. uh, Like the Lakers used to do when they had the three good big men where they kind of just play the three big men and not a lot of anyone else. When they had Andrew Bynum, Lamar Odom, and who was it, Pau Gasol. And they just kind of played the three. I could see them doing that with Adams, Cantor, and and Taj Gibson. Yeah, that's that's
1: entirely possible. Um, I guess Joffrey – Lauren, right? is that his, his name he, he got yeah. moved out and he was playing a little bit for him so uh maybe gibson can take some of his minutes well
0: and, and the, uh, the other guys playing are like jeremy grant i mean i think that we saw in philly he was he not a first
1: round pick for grant right
0: i i don't know why though i watched him play many a times on philly and thought to myself is this guy an nba player
1: yeah they better play him if they give pick <laughs> like that um like, if they could mix Taj Gibson and Enos Cantor, they would make, like, a perfect player between the two of them. <laughs> I feel like each, each each person's strengths are the other person's weaknesses.
0: Can you do that? Is this a new I, uh, Well. Did you invent this machine? Do you have it in your house?
1: I think Presty. I would put it past <laughs> Um.
0: So, Doug McDermott, is Is it worth mentioning that he's not a fantasy player, that you should not pick him up? Um. No matter how many minutes he gets, I just don't think he's ever really going to be a fantasy guy other than he might hit you a couple threes a game.
1: Yeah, if you need to stream, I mean, I think he's a good stream option because the things that he's good at, he's good at. And you can imagine um, him having a role as a shooter in new, you know, in with the Thunder. But uh, he, uh, I mean, his defensive stats are as low as, as it goes. And uh, that's just really limits you know he's not going to get a ton of shots it's going to limit the opportunities he has to score and then he's not really good at anything beyond that so other than a guy that you pick up to try to win three-point category i don't think he's going to do a lot for you
0: i am with you on all that so any of these three new bulls players are you interested in any of them in any league i won't even limit it to standard leagues i will limit it to any league you Uh, might play it i mean
1: under the provision of picking up any starting point guard, I think you've got to be pretty interested in campaign. Um, at least uh, checking out what he's going to do if, if he's really going to be the starter over there um, to finish out the season. I uh, I would absolutely think he's somebody who's worth taking a flyer on.
0: Is, is he back to full health now? And I know he had that foot injury, um, and I think they were kind of trying to limit his minutes a little bit. Um. Have Have you heard anything about a for his new team?
1: Let's see. Um. No, I'm not. I'm not i not seeing anything one way or the other.
0: Um. I, I think that he kind of got a lot of pub. Uh. Last year after the draft, that he could kind of be like a steal, and that he could be the next Reggie Jackson. Which, let's not talk about looks. I'm interested to see what campaign can do. I don't know that they make him the starting point guard right away. Um, If we're talking about speculative pickups, I mean, he's not the worst speculative pickup in the world. Just to see, maybe they do decide to give him 30 minutes, but they got Rondo, they got Michael Carter-Williams, they got Grant. Um, If Mike were here, he'd be going on his Bulls rant right now about how terrible their point guards are um, and that they're going to play campaign 30 minutes, but I just don't really know if that happens yet.
1: Yeah. Uh, touche.
0: All right. So there were a few more trades. I'm, I'm just going to open the floor now and, and ask if there's any, anything else you think that was fantasy relevant that happened. I know one of your favorite players got traded to the Brooklyn Nets.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, KJ McDaniel. So huh? um, yeah, I, I guess I keep an eye on him. He's a, uh, he's certainly an athletic guy. He can block. He's another guy that, um, kind of in the Nerlens Noel mold, who is going to, his best categories are going to be steals and blocks, which is pretty exciting for a, a shooting guard. And uh, if there's anywhere that he's going to be able to get minutes, it's in the, the wasteland that is Brooklyn's um, the Nets. Although, are the Nets the most depressing team in the league anymore, or is that Sacramento now?
0: Yeah. Um. That's, that's a tight race, man. That's like, a who, tough who question. You
1: wanna, who would you less want to be a fan of, the Kings or the Nets?
0: Um, the, when's the Nets' next first-round pick, like twenty
1: twenty-five? I think the Kings don't really have that much better of a situation. They have to swap this year with the Sixers, which is the same with the Nets, although the Nets are, are worse. Um, and then they, have, they, they give up their pick outright. Uh, in 19 to the Sixers.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think it's the Kings because at least in Brooklyn, you got Brooke Lopez.
1: I think at least there you have a competent general manager and, and coach.
0: Um, here's a question I, I got asked and, and I, I, I didn't want to say the answer that I think. Um, are the Kings good at any point with the current management in place including the owner because i'm thinking the answer is no No, i don't
1: think
0: so all right um the only other trade i'll mention is pj tucker got moved to the raptors i'm not super interested in pj tucker but i am interested to see uh if tj warren can kind of recapture some of that magic he had at the beginning of the season um he looked good he scored a lot of points um he's super efficient he doesn't really shoot threes which can be kind of a detriment to your team. He's probably out there on some waiver wires, um, and he's another guy that i I'd probably take a flyer on if I'm looking for someone that I can just have and, and maybe he's a, an asset uh, going forward. Um, but I think that's all we got for the trade deadline. So I'd like to thank Mark for joining me today. Um,
1: my pleasure's all mine, man. Thanks for having me on.
0: Um, you got anything you want to plug, Twitter, anything?
1: Nope. I'm, I'm retired, so uh, you. I'll give my plug to you.
0: All right, well, you can find me on Twitter at watsy 4444 um, You can check out all bunch of articles I've written for Hashtag Basketball um, in the last couple of weeks. They were mostly on the trade deadline, so now that that's over, um, you'll have to wait for my next one probably coming next week. Um, but, again, I'd like to thank Mark for joining me. Um, it was great chatting with you, Mark, and everybody have a good night.
1: Peace out.